Hey there, welcome to the Stormwater World Podcast. After 10 years in the stormwater industry, I feel like I've only scratched the surface of all there is to learn. I believe there are a lot of people just like me who are curious, but we're all just so busy. So I'm going to ask the questions so we can get the answers together. My name is Ty Garman, and I'm your host. Join me as we learn about what is happening in the stormwater world. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stormwater World Podcast. I'm excited to have yet another friend of mine on the podcast today. I'd like to introduce you to everybody to Gene Norman. Gene Norman is the president and creator of WaterWatch Pro. He holds a bachelor degree from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and a master's in meteorology from the University of Maryland. His weather career began by writing computer programs in support of NASA's space shuttle program, which is, of course, a great segue into what he's created himself for all of us out there in the stormwater world. So, uh, Gene, welcome to the pod. Appreciate you coming on, visiting with me today. It's so great to be with you, Ty, and great to see you again. Congratulations on launching this. I mean, the stormwater world is kind of a a nice, small community, and I'm sure that everyone is going to appreciate uh, all of the value that you bring. Thanks for that. I I mean, I appreciate that. We're just, you know, if you watch my trailer, I'm just trying to bring some of those conversations after after 11 years of doing this, umpteen conferences. I just feel like even for us, like you and I, like some of the best conversations, you know, we had are are outside the lines of the booths in the in the classroom. It's a it's those hallway conversations that uh, that brings so much value. So that's why they're, you know, the conferences themselves uh, are valuable, but these conversations are, are just as valuable. I'm trying to bring some of those out there to those that may not be able to make those conferences. So again, thanks for being on. And we've got some some topics to cover, but before we do that and, and dig into your expertise on RAIN, uh, you want to talk a little bit about wh- how we know each other in, in terms of uh, what you created in WaterWatch Pro? Exactly. In 2018, I first met Ty at an MS4 conference in Chattanooga. We had pretty much just launched. Yeah, we pretty much just launched. And I was kind of uh, waiting in the waters, if you will, of the whole stormwater environment. Being new to it, uh, again, my background, aside from doing the programming work at NASA, I then started a 25-plus year career as a television meteorologist. And uh, when I sort of got out of that, or that, that career was winding down, I met someone who did something I'd never heard of before called stormwater monitoring. Um, he was introduced to me by a mutual acquaintance who said, hey, can you help this guy out? He's got to go check these construction sites, and he's getting all kind of wrong information about rainfall. And I said, you know, I think I can help this guy. <laughs> because right. when I was on TV, I didn't care about what happened after the rain fell, just oh, it's going to rain or it's going to rain this amount. Um, didn't even know there's a whole world of people who spring into action uh, when raindrops <laughs> start falling or who curse the skies when raindrops start falling. Exactly. I it think it's more the latter. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are, Great. They are. I got to go inspect. Or they have, that's right. I got to go inspect or then they discover that their BMPs don't work. And I learned all these terms. And, uh, <laughs> all of this stuff that I had no idea about. So I'm, I'm at this conference, and I run into Ty. And first of all, he was so welcoming. You know, you don't never know what to expect at these kind of trade shows. You don't know if there's animosity. But I'd have to say, in general, in this environment, there's been nothing but a good collegial atmosphere. People are all trying to help each other, trying to at least um, 
welcoming me at least in, in that in that sense. So I, I got a chance to see a little bit about this, and it was part of it was kind of a reconnaissance mission. You know, be at this trade show, see if first of all, is there interest? You know, I, I thought there was right. interest because I had a couple of clients by that time, but you just never know. You know, does anybody really need this information? And um, it turns out they do, <laughs> and we have experienced Absolutely. steady uh, growth year after year. I'm really excited uh, at how we have grown, how we've provided value to people uh, by providing them with the rainfall information that they need. So uh, that, that's been really, really great. And again, it was great to hear some of Ty's insights, some of the people that he knows introduced me to some people and uh, really just kind of opened the door. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, well, let's, uh, for those that, that don't know, Explain a little bit and what WaterWatch Pro does. I mean, I know, I know you, we're going to sure. talk about rain and whatnot, but I want to give you a chance to go ahead and and uh, and tell everybody. And then I think you also have a new a sure. new feature coming out called Rapid Rain. So um, it, it, people need this. I mean, it's 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 pretty it's pretty cool application. So go ahead and, and uh, promote yourself, Gina. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It. So WaterWatch yeah. Pro is. Yeah, so WaterWatch Pro is a is a a mobile app that uses digital NOAA data to track rainfall. So each hour, the National Weather Service puts together a rainfall map, a digital rainfall map, uh, which consists of radar estimates of rainfall that are corrected by sighted rain gauges and other data, and it produces a half a mile grid space rainfall map. Uh, so what we do is we put clients into that rainfall map and pull off the data every hour, keep track of it, keep a track of a running 24-hour total, and then notify them when certain amounts fall, whatever they tell us. In most cases, it's a half an inch for the MPDS print, but it could be some other amounts. Different states have different amounts that they need uh, people to take action on. And so it gives our clients instant access on the app to know how much rain has fallen, we also give them a forecast, and we also let them notify team members. So if you're managing a project, if you're the project manager, perhaps of multiple projects, uh, you can you can easily assign different people to get the notifications, and that keeps your team on track, lets you know when you have to do an inspection. Uh, so we're not in the inspection software business, but we are in the inspection, we are in the uh, data business, if you will, of uh, providing right. people this data. Each day, clients get a daily report that tells them the 24-hour rainfall from the prior day, as well as a monthly report. And uh, we can also let them know if they've had an excessive rainfall event. You know, one of the things I learned by going to that conference and others afterwards was that, um, you know, flooding is a real problem. Uh, you can design a BMP to withstand a certain amount of rainfall, but what happens when that rainfall is exceeded? Well, right. the regulator is going to say, well, your, your, your sill fences are down. Your BMPs didn't work. And you're like, no kidding. We had five inches of rain in a 12-hour period. Our BMPs weren't designed to hold that. They were designed to hold three inches or whatever it happens to be. Well, right. to be able to prove that to somebody, uh, you have to be able to show that that rainfall was, in fact, excessive. Now, a lot of people have heard about the expression, it was a 100-year rainfall event, it was a 50-year rainfall event. Well, those right. numbers come from a NOAA table called the NOAA Atlas 14. So we're tied into that table as well, and we let people know 
hey, this rainfall wasn't just, you know, a, a heavy rainfall event. It was actually a historic rainfall event. And so they're able to turn around and tell, tell the regulator, look, see, uh, we couldn't do anything about that. So ding us if you want, but we did the best we could, you know. Uh, so that's been very, very helpful. And especially in situations like hurricanes or even some of the big flooding events of recent years, you know, we've been yeah. able to help our clients leverage that information to show that. And a lot of times what I think about our product is I think of it as inspector repellent. <laughs> so what does that mean? Well, <laughs> you know, the, the inspectors are, are stretched thin, as you, as you likely know. They can't get to right. every project. If right. they show up to you and you pull out your phone or pull out one of our reports, what does the inspector do? He says, oh, man, you guys are on it. You're at least doing something. And they go away because they got to go find the guy who isn't tracking this at all who isn't even trying to comply with the permit. You know, he doesn't have time to bother you because he feels like you're doing something. You're, you're proactive. You've got a right. system in place. You're consistently using the same system. Great. I can go bother somebody else. And for the client, when the environmental group or whoever comes and says, hey, after you built that shopping mall, people are getting sick, show us your records, they can pop out these records. They're in the cloud. And, and once again, the other side, if you will, goes away because they have nothing to refute that. It's all NOAA data. Uh, we didn't make it up. We're not, you know, <laughs> in charge of right. creating it. Right. We're in charge of right. collecting it and, and passing it along. And so that, that's been really gratifying when I, when I talk to a client who says, Hey, you know, because we were using your, your, your uh, app, we were able to get the information we needed and the regulator left us alone. So right. we didn't have to worry about paying a fine. We didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, someone coming after us. So that's one of the great benefits of what we what we offer. And then you mentioned we have a new product. So every yeah hour before you before you talk about before you talk sure. about rapid rain before you talk about rapid rain, just to clarify for everybody listening. So you know, Gene mentioned inspectors, and there's there's so many different types of inspections. What's going on? So what's happening with WaterWatch Pro is on if the the client most likely is the construction contractor. So he's he's the one doing self inspections on his own site, and he's collecting his own data, putting it in his. Uh, ever growing and changing uh, SWIP manual that's in his uh, construction trailer, whatnot. And then he mentioned an inspector coming in and requesting that. It could be inspector, it could be the state, right? And requesting information. And that could be the MS4 inspector, that could be a, a state auditor. And so not only is WaterWatch Pro um, helping make me more efficient in when to go inspect or, 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 or when not to have to go inspect, but it's also provided me my backup compliance documentation. If I'm ever questioned by a municipal or, or state auditor. So I just wanted to kind of clarify that point for everybody. And, uh, and then also I'd like to congratulate you, right? Cause you've made it through that first, that first conference and you decide to hang out with us, you know, in this very slowly snail like moving industry. And, uh, I don't, I don't think I'm going to take, any beating for that because we the wheels move slow in stormwater so congratulations for not only hanging in there with us but uh your year over year growth and then uh, of course i did interrupt you because of your year year growth you've been able to expand and now you're now you're introducing a a new feature called rapid rain and i I give it back to you please tell us what how that works right And, and, and i appreciate that because you know when you said slow moving the other thing that's slow is the adoption of technology in the construction <laughs> industry right in general absolutely 
Absolutely. Right? But but there are a lot of people who, and, and some of it's a demographic thing, right? You have people who are of a certain age. Hey, we we just we just we just go outside, empty the rain gauge, and write the number down on a sheet of paper, you know, and keep 100%. it on a clipboard. Um, yeah, it ain't broke. We've been doing we've been doing this. That's how we always exactly. done it, Gene. That's how we. <laughs> and so we've had to work through some of that mentality, but. A lot of other things in the world of construction are, are becoming uh, more and more tools are being introduced to help sure. them. So this is yet another part of that tool set that they're having to learn to adapt to. Uh, so getting back to our new offering, um, we, we, we get this hourly rainfall map from uh, NOAA and the, the challenge is that there's some latency into when we can notify people about the rainfall events. Okay. So whatever time it is now, and it just happened that we are recording, it's 1230 on Monday, March the 20th. I know this is going to air later. But oh, my gosh. You say, oh, my gosh. I'm editing that out, Gene. No, I'm just kidding. Go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it's, it's just, it's just, you know. For those people that like to, you know, they like to trick themselves thinking they're listening to a, a, a live podcast, right? Like they go, oh, man, they, 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 you know, like there's no, there's no magic in the background. Like, oh yeah, it came out on this date. So they must have just recorded this. Okay, folks, guess what? Spoiler alert. That is not true. It is March 20th, 1130 a.m. Central time. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead with your example on rapid rate. <laughs> okay, so, so it's, so it's 1230 <laughs> in the Eastern time zone, right? <sighs> yes, sir. So, when will the hourly data from this hour be ready? Well, okay. At eleven uh, at at noon central, one o'clock eastern. Okay? okay. So we have to wait for that file to be completed. We have to wait for the hour to be completed, and then there's some processing. Noah has to do some processing, and then they have to give us the file and do some processing, and then by that time we can let our clients know, hey, you had perhaps a half an inch, twenty-four hour total. And we can tell you about it. Um, but that's going to be like an hour after. So if it's raining right now, you won't know about it for another 35, 40 minutes. Right. So for a lot of people that we learn who are in the industrial space, that's not going to cut it. Uh, because exactly. they need to go out and pull a sample and, mm -hmm. you know, check the turbidity. See, another term I learned. And see, even, <laughs> look at you. Yeah, yeah, we got you away from that green screen and and, and right. pointing at that map and and telling us all the awesome things that are gonna maybe happen to us. So now you're you're all up in the BMP and turbidity world. Man. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm a squirrel. I don't mean I don't mean to keep interrupting <laughs> you. So, anyways, they 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 do need that immediate information along with the phase ones. You know, or, or some folks that are doing wet weather monitoring. They want to go out there and collect samples as well. So this is cool. Right. So we realized, well, that latency is just not going to work. So we were able to identify a different uh, data source that gives us data every 15 minutes. Now, one of the key differences nice. between this data and the regular hourly data is that the 15-minute data is, quote, unquote, raw. It hasn't been corrected by gauges or any other thing. So it's just telling you, hey, we're starting to detect there's some rain coming out of the out of the sky and so it gives people a chance to quickly take action so instead of waiting for an hour uh we would only wait maybe 10 or 15 minutes for that data file to become available hey so that's pretty cool that you were able to identify a, an additional need 
within our industry and then address it by getting the data to people even faster. So kudos to you and your team on creating that new feature, Gene. Yeah, because again, we're, we're, you know, I think the most exciting thing for me is to be able to meet needs. You know, I came into this not knowing a lot about this industry. And I think it's really great that as I've learned uh, going to trade shows, talking to people, hearing from clients, you know, then being able to pivot and say, well, okay, this client needs this. Let's go see how we can figure out how to get it to them. Uh, that's been really, really gratifying. Well, you know, I, I, you speak about pivoting. I, I wouldn't, we'd be remiss if we didn't tap into some of that uh, 25 years of meteorology experience uh, and talk about uh, from our from our notes, you had mentioned, you know, just, you know, the rainfall, its impacts, and then I guess the potential return of El Nino. I mean, you know, I, what happened to El Nino? I didn't know it left. I mean, I don't know if I even know what it is. Like, I, I turned it back over to you. Like, what? <laughs> explain, please explain. Sure. No worries. Uh, so El Nino and La Nina are like a, a, a pair of uh, feuding cousins, if you will. <laughs> okay. um, they're basically weather patterns that set up off of the west coast of South America in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, and it's, a, it's basically a sudden warming and a sudden cooling of the waters there. And when that happens, we have changes in global weather patterns. Um, so basically the El Nino is a warming of those waters, and a La Nina is a cooling. And if you think of a pendulum going back and forth, we go for El Nino for a while, and then we go back to La Nina for a while. And then sometimes we're like in the middle, which some people call a no Nino. So we're, we're basically moving into a no Nino right now, but we've been in a La Nina for the last three seasons. And that's pretty unusual to have uh, the La Nina lasts so long. And in particular, what we've noticed with this La Nina is, of course, the excessive rainfall that we've been seeing out in California. Now, keep, keep in mind that just because we had a La Nina doesn't mean we're going to always have those heavy rainfall events. I mentioned we've had them three years in a row. Well, the last three winters in California have not been winters of excessive rain. In fact, they've led to the long-term drought that they're dealing with out there. And this recent rainfall that we've had since about this really uh, and has been winding down over the last couple of weeks here um, is, is one of the reasons why we don't anticipate that the drought out there will continue. In fact, we're looking for more spring rains that will help recharge reservoirs, help with the uh, uh, add to the snowpack a little bit. And of course, when the snow melts, that water helps uh, with the water issues out there in the Western US. So there's good news there. Where there's bad news is the potential for uh, another round of these very heavy spring flooding events that we've seen in the South, but also in the Midwest because they haven't had a lot of winter up in places like Minnesota, North Dakota. Well, they did this year. And so as they get to see some spring rains, that's gonna add to snowmelt and that could cause flooding along the upper part of the Mississippi River. So those are two areas that we're watching for, for the potential of flooding. And in general, what, what I've been seeing, what a lot of other scientists have been detecting, is an increase in what we call these extreme rainfall events. You remember, of course, last year, the flooding that we had in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. This is before any kind of hurricanes. And then, of course, the flooding 
that we had in uh, middle in Middle Tennessee and other parts of the Ohio River Valley. So these kinds of big flooding events are of a real concern, obviously because of the it impacts the people who live there. But when we talk about the stormwater world and construction in particular, this has very serious impacts on the ability to meet schedules, delays the arrival of materials, and of course, lengthens projects. So uh, that's something that we need to keep a close eye on. The other thing that we've noticed with the La Nina from the last couple of seasons is we've seen some earlier arrivals of severe weather. Uh, we of course had the, we've had unusual tornadoes occurring in January and even in February. And here we are in the middle of March at, at, at this time. Uh, we're anticipating yet another round of strong to str strong to severe storms that could produce tornadoes. And who knows, we still have April and May to get to. Uh, and I know that by the time this podcast airs, yes. you're probably saying, wow, this guy's a prophet. Yeah, so I'm either hey, a prophet hey, or you're yeah, going yeah, to stone me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, hey, I mean, you know, I mean, not to make any meteorologist jokes, but, you know, I mean, you're you're good, right? You just, you only got to get it right every now and then, right? I mean, 50-50, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to pick on you. I don't want to, you know, if, if anybody, you know all the jokes out there about meteorology. So, yeah, you're going to definitely, It's like I said, it's 50-50. You'll look like a genius or, or you know, like, <laughs> or, or everybody be like, what is what was that guy talking about? You know, it's not raining. But uh, no, that's that's. Well, I think the best thing is that I have no fear in making these pronouncements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after twenty five years, you're like, hey, I I can get out there and, and, and give my opinion, no problem. Well, that's uh, that's that's interesting. So, you mean I guess tie it together, tie, tie it all together. How, how do you feel? I mean, as somebody that's newer, newish. I mean, after you've been around for a little bit, you're you're a veteran in the in the stormwater world. Uh, but I consider us still a baby industry, um, just because people just don't. That, you know, the general public still needs to have, in my opinion, a, a lot better understanding of what's going on with the with the rainwater. And uh, but I think you make a good point that people don't. You know, they don't care. Unless their house is flooding, right? Unless their town is flooding, and and so it's kind of exactly. hard to get them to, to pay attention to to everything that we're trying to do as far as from a water quality perspective. So, how, how do you see it? What is your what is your take in the time that you've been involved in stormwater as to what? How can we, you know, maybe how can we reach the people a little better? What what can we do as stormwater professionals? And what are your what are your thoughts as somebody that has been well, in, in weather for so long? Right. So, so I think the main thing is general education. I think people need to understand, you know, when you see that silt fence and when you see those black tarps, when you see those wattles, you know, when you see that stuff, that is uh, the construction operators or, or the contractors best effort to make sure that whatever they're building uh, doesn't get out into the waters, right? The waters of the United States and, and to help people understand that these are benefits to them. These are good things. And, you know, I've followed around with inspectors as they go from site to site to check those, to check their uh, traps. Some people leave traps behind so they can go and take, check the turbidity. Um, and, and so there's, there's dedication going on that I think a lot of people aren't even aware of that, that there are, that there's a conscious, conscientious effort to make sure that we make it possible uh, I live in Georgia so that people can kayak in the Chattahoochee River, uh, right. you know, and, and, and other 
waterways around the United States that you couldn't do 25 years ago if it weren't for the Clean Water Act. And so there's a couple of things. People need to be aware of that these measures are being taken. They need to uh, look for places where it's not happening. You see, lacks uh, adherence to the permit is an opportunity for communities to come together and say, hey, how come that guy doesn't have cell fences up? You know, hey, how come that guy isn't being more conscientious about the runoff? I saw brown water going down the street. You know, be proactive about that. Talk to your local government and say, hey, what are you doing to check on these guys? You know, I recognize you may not have all the manpower you need, but when you see a glaring example, well, there's an opportunity. And then I think the third thing is, you know, to to understand that, uh, especially when you have municipalities, you know, who are perhaps you know, charging you <laughs> a little bit extra in your trash bill or whatever, that there's a reason why that's happening. So again, it all comes back to education, right? It, it's really educating people about what's going on in this industry, the good things that are happening, and again, trying to rein as many people in to, hey, let's let's all get on the same page with this and let's not have these outliers. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I just recently, Luke Owen was on the pod and, and it, you know, and, and to kind of tie your points together, like, unfortunately, I think we got to tie it to some sort of pain point for everybody, you know, us as professionals out there, we just need to, I think when we just talk about stormwater and flooding and mitigation and we get technical, everybody's eyes tend to gloss over, but as us as professionals, sure. we, we need to tie it back to things that matter. And what matters is our kids out there being able to, to, to swim in bodies of water, to be able to go fishing, to be able to enjoy that water um, and not just from a drinking standpoint, but actually be able to enjoy it just from a, you know, just a, 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 a just a, a, an enjoyment standpoint, like being able to be in the water sure. without being concerned about it. So I definitely think that's important. I think what you're doing is important to help the construction world. And I, I think it's pretty cool uh, what you've been able to develop and, uh, and, uh, and kudos to you for your, uh, ongoing success. Where can people, we're going to do a lot of links in the show notes, Gene, but how would you like to be contacted? Would you prefer if somebody has a question and would like to pick your brain a little bit or network with you or, or look more into WaterWatch Pro, what's the best way for somebody to reach out to you? Right. So I think the best thing is to go to our website, waterwatchpro.com. We have a contact us page there. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Uh, so I am available there as well as on Facebook. So there are a couple of ways that you can reach us on social media, uh, as well as, uh, you know, the, the traditional Water Watch Pro website, which right. still gets a decent amount of traffic, a lot of eyes on it. So we're really awesome. excited about that. So, you know, if you have, if you have a question, if you're interested in learning more about, you know, what we do and, and how we can help you, uh, feel free to reach out. Gene, it's been an absolute pl pleasure. I give you a chance if you would like, um, if you have any final thoughts just on stormwater in general, Water Watch Pro, anything that we may have, have missed about, uh, you know, El Nino, which, you know, these these names or terminologies. I mean, I try not to be afraid of the weather, but they just kind of, they creep me out. I don't know who <laughs> names these hurricanes every year, but uh, if there's any other tidbits of knowledge you'd like to drop on us as we're uh, as we're wrapping up, uh, I, I leave that to you. Any Any final thoughts for our listeners today? Well, I think, you know, the final thought is, you know, the weather is tricky. The weather is tricky and challenging. I've been trying to get my hands around it since I was knee high to a duck. I've been fortunate to be involved in uh, the weather area for a long time. And 
really excited that I was able to pivot to find a way to add value to clients and others. Uh, you know, being able to network with great people like you at the Stormwater Conferences, you know, has really helped to educate me a lot about this industry. And I think, you know, it's just part of the overall curiosity about the weather. Everyone, you know, everyone talks about the weather. You go any place, that's the first thing people talk about is how cold it was or how much rain we got or the next storm that's coming. And so it's always a point of conversation. Uh, but, you know, it does have an impact and uh, you have to be aware of the impact. So I wouldn't be necessarily afraid of the weather. I'd be informed about the weather right. <laughs> and do all you can to, you know, you know, make yourself make yourself ready. Uh, because that right. next storm is coming. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Gene, I, I want to tell you, uh, thanks again for coming on the pod. It's it's always a pleasure and talking with you. Folks, hit him up uh, on LinkedIn. Gene's great to talk to. He's a, he's a fountain of knowledge, and uh, and he's always willing to share with everyone. I appreciate it so much, Gene, and uh, I wish you continued success with WaterWatch Pro and in uh, the new uh, with your new feature in um, – and of course, I just went totally blank. Tell me the new feature again. What's it called? How about that? It's called Rapid Rain. Rapid Rain for immediate, immediate raw data for all of those out there fighting the good fight in the industrial side. And for those of us that have to go do uh, wet weather screenings and we need to know what's raining right now so we can scramble our jets and get out to the site to collect our samples. Gene, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me, Ty. And once again, Continued success to you and as you reach out more to more and more people in this industry. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Stormwater World Podcast. Do you have something you'd like to discuss? Do you have an opposing opinion regarding something you heard during this episode? Let's talk about it. Click on the link in the show notes to sign up for a future episode. I'd love to visit with you about what's happening and how you see things unfolding in your stormwater world. 